today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, if you read uh, Tom Wilson's beautiful scars, you uh, learned about his family and Bunny and George and, and, and how he grew up in the hammer and so on and so forth, but also that uh, kind of lost at times, a lost soul, not really feeling grounded where he was. And then later in life, Later in life, finding out his parents weren't really his parents and his connections to the indigenous community. Tom Wilson is with us now. Tom, thanks for the time. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, Scott. Boy, thanks for playing that song. Tell us about that, because that's a very cool version. And and tell us who's with you. Well, um, you know, it's funny. You know, you got to you got to follow. Uh, you got to you got to follow the spirit that's leading you. And we you know, I, I'm. I'm not going to try and sound like a, a heavily religious guy, but man, the spirit is out there for us to follow. And what happened was um, uh, I was asked to do an award show called the uh, Inspire Awards, IND. It's an indigenous uh, uh, awards uh, presentation at the National Arts Center in Ottawa. I was asked to do it with my friend Isque, who I love, who is a fellow Hamiltonian. And we did it and uh, did one song on the show and didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, phones started to ring saying, we want to sign your band to a record deal. And all I could think of was, what band? <laughs> we just played <laughs> one song. But um, we got together. We recorded out at Jukasa, out on the Six Nations. And uh, I think we've come up with some, some pretty interesting material. i got to say, that song is sounding very sexy, Scott. Boy, is it ever. It just adds a different element to it as a duet. And you you've guys, you two have done various versions of this where she's the lead, you're the lead. It's amazing how it has all turned out. Yeah, and we're just getting going. But, you know, yeah, yeah, did we love it? I mean, come on, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sexy just singing it, man. I know, I know. It sends chills up your spine. I hear you. Tom... <laughs> Tom, what was it like to find out that your parents weren't really your parents? I remember having a friend that discovered this. What was that experience like for you? Well, it was uh, very emotional. Um, of course, I, uh, Bunny Wilson is, uh, was the greatest person I think I'll ever meet. George Wilson gave me everything he could. But um, I think that you can talk to a lot of adopted uh, kids uh, or uh, kids that don't know their their true identity and i don't mean like superheroes but we don't know our true identity and we just feel like there's something missing we feel that uh the dots just aren't connecting uh the bloodstreams aren't running uh in the same direction and uh it wasn't until uh, uh i found out that uh i started to feel absolutely free and i started to feel whole as as a as a human being i joke that i grew up thinking i was a big puffy sweaty irish guy i'm actually a, a mohawk man and now that i'm 61 i feel like I, because of the life i've led maybe i'm just reaching my manhood scott but uh i'm i'm reaching my man my manhood as a mohawk and i just can i mention that i was driving home from the dog park to come home and do the interview and uh i got a phone call my mother is so thrilled that I'm on the Scott Thompson show, so look out, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right, thank you. Uh, so, so you know, finding out your parents aren't your parents—that's one thing. But uh-huh. again, you talked about the spirituality of this. Realizing yeah. you're you're a member of the indigenous community. What was that like? Uh, well, first of all, um, unlike uh, most uh, most, uh, most unlike high school and. Uh, 
most clubs and uh, things. It wasn't like that. It was like I found out that I was uh, Indigenous. I ended up in uh, circles like the Indigenous Music Awards and uh, uh, various celebrations, uh, powwows, and uh, they, they, I introduced myself. I said, hi, I just, I just found out that I'm uh, a Mohawk. And um, the feeling was, oh, hey, great. Now you're one of us. Come on in. There was no, uh, there's no questions. You know, you get the questions in, in uh, the colonial world of, you know, well, you know, I get the, I got the questions a lot like, well, well, how Indian are you? Right. <laughs> Which, um, you know what? I don't, I don't even take that as a rude thing. I just think that that is the way that, uh, the education system has, has taught yeah. the colonial world how to think about the indigenous world. And it's wrong. Let's just start with that, Scott. It's just wrong. The teachings, uh, that we've learned in school. Uh, are not how it was. Uh, history is a one-sided story. And uh, I don't think that we're going to be able to change the generations that grew up with that education, but what we have to look forward to is uh, coloring the world uh, with our culture and integrating and speaking to one another um, and telling each other stories and making this a better country. We already live in the greatest country on the planet, Scott. The... Um, Truth and Reconciliation is a giant scar on this country. Sir John E. MacDonald was a murderer, of course. And, uh, and we, have to, we have to start not yelling at each other anymore. We have to start talking to each other. We have to start listening. If we start listening instead of talking over one another and dismissing each other's words, if we actually turned off CNN and Fox News and deleted our Twitter app for a minute, gave ourselves a chance to replenish and breathe, we could feel the love that we have in our heart, and we know what we could offer the world. So these are steps that we have to take, not just in the indigenous world, but also in the colonial world. How did you find out exactly? I was going out and speaking to her, and uh, they gave me a handler. I go out and uh, lecture at the universities and colleges and conferences and things, and I was flying out to Regina to do... Um, uh, one of these, one of these, oh, sorry, Scott, things are blowing up here on me. Hold on now, Scott. <laughs> and, um, uh, what happened was, uh, the, the person that was kind of the handler, the person running the show said, uh, you know, uh, I'm really excited to meet you. I'm a fan and you don't know this, but your family and my family used to be friends. And I explained to her, I said, well, Bunny and George were, were really quite, uh, they were getting elderly by the time I came along. George Wilson, great man who raised me, was blinded in the Second World War. Um, he had a massive head injury. He was a tail gunner in a Lancaster bomber spot. Mm. And for those listeners that don't know what that means, a tail gunner position in the Second World War was known as a suicide seat. The young men, boys, that sat in that seat, most of them didn't come home. George Wilson did come home with a massive head injury and totally blind. So my household on East 36th Street was pretty shut down. Nobody in Hamilton uh, ever got in. And Bunny Wilson, I didn't think, had any friends in Hamilton. And this woman said, no, no, no. My my mother's, uh, my grandmother's name is Mary Brennan. She was friends with Bunny. And I remembered her grandmother. My heart broke open, Scott, because I didn't think Bunny Wilson had any friends. And sure enough, she had this woman. And then she said, yes, in fact, my grandmother was so close with Bunny Wilson. She was there the day you were adopted. Oh. I said, what? And that started this eight-year journey that I'm on. And it's a journey that uh, 
uh, I am starting to feel my, uh, my Mohawk blood more and more every day. Um, I found out that uh, not only am I a Mohawk, but I grew up an only child. I have six brothers and sisters back home in Ganawage. Uh, my, uh, I'm, oh. I, I came, my mother Janie and I are, are now uh, having a relationship as father, uh, as, as mother and son after 53 years of being cousins or being told that we were cousins. So um, that really opens things up. So I come from Scott seven generations of iron workers that come from men that built, you know, New York City. In fact, my sister's great-grandfather is one of those guys, the fourth guy in sitting in that famous photograph building Rockefeller Center. You know, those guys eating their lunch, that yeah. iconic photo. Most of those guys are from Ganawage, the reserve that uh, my family is from in Quebec, outside Montreal. And Everybody in Ganawage had somebody in that photo, either a great uncle or a neighbor or a grandfather. Uh, so the connection to my culture is not going to come the same way as it did for my mother or my brothers and sisters. I f- believe that through my art, and my music, and the next book that I'm writing for Random House Blood Memory, those things will bring the Indigenous world back into the light uh, not just by me, but by other Indigenous artists. And it'll be a part of leading the way forward to a more loving community and a better Canada. But I always have believed that artists are much smarter than politicians <laughs> and uh, much wiser than churches and much more interesting than corporations. So uh, my job is to to work as an artist. And I'm not saying, Scott, that my art is, is, the, is the beginning of the movement or the ending of a movement. I'm just saying that I'm part of something that is happening in the Indigenous world, and Indigenous art and music and literature is being recognized all over the world more and more. It's art that I think will lead us. Well said. What has it been like for your birth mother, Janie, to experience this with you once you found out? Well... We're both so similar, you know. Um, I know what I look like. You know what I look like, Scott, but I'm very sensitive. And so is she. And I start to figure out so much of myself I see in her, you know, so much of me she sees in her. Uh, the relationship is, is fantastic. Uh, but we're nurturing each other through the uh, back end of our life. How's that? Uh, that's this is a rebirth. It's this is a rebirth, rebirth for you. In so many ways. So, and it awakens so many other things, Scott, you know, besides um, this book, this next book that I'm writing, besides the uh, music that I'm writing for a different project, I wrote a play. I'm writing a, a TV show right now. Um, uh, I, I'm kind of a busy guy, but uh, also things, uh, the injustices in the uh, towards the indigenous communities, from coast to coast are, are something that makes my blood boil and, and makes me feel rage. And uh, I'm finding ways to be able to deal with that and help in those situations. I mean, we are experiencing just outside of Hamilton in Caledonia an example of um, colonial greed, and it's something that, uh, that should be recognized as that. And rights, uh, wrongs need to be made right. 
and it'll be a slow process. But uh, you know, I, I stand, I stand with those uh, those landkeepers out there on uh, 1492 Landback Lane. They're righteous people. They're families. You know, they are people that care not about the construction of crappy houses. They think seven generations down the line. And that's the indigenous way, is that we take care of the land the best we can. We take care of this planet. We take care of all of our communities as best we can. Not for ourselves, but for our children, our grandchildren, our great, great, great grandchildren. We think seven generations down the line. It's a way of thinking that I'm just adapting. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, we're going to talk to somebody about the the national unity fire that's taking place in regard to 1492 Lambback Lane. Also, want to talk. I uh, also want to mention too a guest we had on yesterday, uh, Kim Smiley Wiley, uh, a uh, a meeting of unity 3 p.m. Argyle Street at the Barricade on Saturday, and uh, that's both sides getting together and just saying, hey, uh, let's bring the government together and and the Six Nations and get this solved finally. I just we've only got a little bit of time left because i want to get jennifer on but um talk about your art for a minute and you can definitely see and and maybe i'm wrong i mean i'm not an artist i you know i I just know what i like but i I can certainly see the indigenous influence there did it come out in your art before you even knew this it's crazy i've been painting since 1997 yeah the way i'm painting now is the way i started painting simple images colors and stories i write i write my book I write my books into my paintings. But does it all make sense now? Yeah, but you know what? Like, uh, say, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, before I knew I was a Mohawk, my daughter said to me, she said, Dad, you're going to have to stop painting like this. This is cultural appropriation. And I said, <laughs> I'm a knucklehead from Hamilton, Scott. I said, I don't even know what that means. What do you yeah. mean cultural appropriation? She means, she said, it's taking someone else's culture and using it for your own for your own, further your own life and your own career. I said, I don't know. This is just what's coming out of me, Madeline. And sure enough, you know, years later, I find out that I am a Mohawk and I stand and look at these paintings and I realize that it's been coming out of me this entire time. And I'm excited about it. And uh, Your kids must just be amazed watching this happen. I think so. Um, uh, I'm amazed, you know. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm happy with my community. I know you're bringing Jan on, who lives across the street, you know, and uh, just in case, you know, uh, the impact of of what goes on uh, against Indigenous communities is felt uh, all over Canada. An example is in my neighborhood, people are driving around, you know, with very nice cars with land back written on the side of them. You know, people do feel things and we do feel the thing that that. You know, it's not it's not the Six Nations. It's not Caledonia. It's the words that are spoken that can drive people down. Hate, fear, and greed are an ugly combination. And they're the ingredients that are pushed forward by local politicians in Caledonia and Haldeman County to influence people. And I think it's an ugly scene, man. In fact, when I was talking to friends in Nashville about this, they said, Wow, this sounds like the Jim Crow South. Hmm. That's that's not a very good comparison for Caledonia and Haldeman County to be compared to the Jim Crow South. It's something that is just someone's opinion, but it's someone's opinion from thousands of miles away in the South, man. And that's a scary thought. So let's fix that. What about that? 
Tom Wilson has been with us. Uh, TomWilsonOnline.com to find out everything that he has been up to, whether it's the music, his art, or uh, his ongoing writing, which I can't wait to uh, to uh, read the follow-up to Beautiful Scars. Tom, as always, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome here. Uh, love your art. Love what you're doing. I love the new video for uh, Blue Moon Drive and, and how you've incorporated your art into that and the blinking eye. That is, I love it. It's fabulous. So thank good you, luck. God. Be well. Your story sends shivers up my spine, and I'm sure it, it has lots others as well. So thank you so much for taking the time, and be well. God bless you, Scott. Thank you. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. A national unity fire will be taking place this weekend to show support for those at 1492 Land Back Lane. To join us now, Jennifer Homepoth is with us, community organizer and supporter of 1492 Land Back Lane and is with us now. Jennifer, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Hi, Scott. I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, let's get all the details of this out in the open. This is a virtual event. Tell us about this. So this is really an exciting event. Um, it's going to be on Sunday, uh, November 22nd, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're here in Ontario, you can uh, tune in either via Facebook Live, which is going to be streamed from Tom Wilson's Facebook page, or you can participate in the Unity Fire. So everyone who wants to participate is invited to, um, to light a fire, whether that's a campfire, whether that's in your home, whether that's a candle. And the idea behind this is really to, to gather people together. You've just heard some, some really impactful stories from Tom's words. And I think oftentimes, you know, as, as someone who is non-Indigenous, who's um, a second-generation immigrant to this country, I think that it's often stories and hearing other people's realities that bring us together, that allow us to really empathize. So, so everyone's invited to, um, to light a fire and to show a message of and the idea is to bring people together around 1492 Land Back Lane and what that means to the people of Six Nations, what that means to Haudenosaunee people. Do you get the feeling that attitudes are changing and that uh, people want resolution? They want these issues to be resolved. They want the dialogue to happen. Uh, do you get that feeling? You know, that's a really good question to ask. Um, I was speaking to... I think it's really of two minds. A lot of people that I'm seeing who, you know, live even in the neighborhood, they're, they're really in support. And these are people who don't, you know, don't share an indigenous heritage. Um, and they're, they're saying, you know what? I can see that this is a story that has been happening since, you know, the very, the very short history that has been confederation. This is, this is something that we need to deal with. And I, I heard from a neighbor um, and she said, well, I, I think we have to deal with the Canada that we have now. We got to talking a little bit and, you know, we kind of came to this place where I said, well, this is the Canada that we have now. Yeah. The Canada that we have now is this. And people like Tom and people from Wet'suwet'en all the way to the Mi'kmaq and the East Coast, this is our Canada. So this is what we're trying to deal with. And, um, you know, I find it difficult because I find that, as much as there's movement, there's also division, there's new division and, and new kinds of intolerance. And, and I think, you know, we're going to have to ride like the fear and the uncertainty, even as we try and work towards what does it mean to resolve issues? Because do you think Canadians resolve, under, yeah. do you think Canadians understand why this has taken long, why this hasn't happened up until now? 
well, not not that it has, but we're moving towards it, I guess. Do, do, do you think they understand that? You know, I think um, I think that we are now in a place where we're getting information from all sorts of places, and um, was having a conversation with my father, who's about Tom's age, who is living in the neighborhood where Tom grew up, you know, in the East Mountain, and he said, you know, people in my age, we are watching and we are listening to the news media, we're hearing things, but people who are younger, like, you guys choose what you listen to, and and I really think that there's been, you know, there's more voices um, to be heard from, and and I think that people are hoping to resolve things, but it's a really hard thing to unlearn things that you've learned, just as, as Tom yeah. was talking about. Mm. Yeah. All right. The uh, Coast to Coast Unity Fire in support of Land Defenders, 1492 Land Back Lane, Sunday, November 22nd, uh, 4 o'clock until 530, Coast to Coast Unity Fire, 1492 Land Back Lane. And you can access this through Tom Wilson's website. Thank you so much for the time, Jennifer. Good luck with all of this. Be well. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.